we can either think that things are falling apart or they're falling together. (laughs) And so whenever we have the giftings of God in our life, we believe that God is causing all things to work together for good, that God is causing our life to fall together, not fall apart. And that in these circumstances, God is going to work a divine good. That God is going to work things in order that will fit where he wants us to be in our lives. The, the scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, it says, Every time I say your name in prayer, this is uh, Paul writing to Timothy, Every time I say your name in prayer, which is practically all the time, I thank God for you. The God I worship with my whole life in the tradition of my ancestors. I miss you a lot, especially when I remember that last tearful goodbye and I look forward to a joy-packed reunion. That precious memory triggers another, your honest faith. And what a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and to you. You see, there is... What you have, what we have, isn't, doesn't originate with us. We have the scripture, we have the outlay of the, 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 the chapters and the verses, we have the commentaries, we have the theologians and their studies and their um, input into what these verses mean and the context and so on of where they were written, how they were written, to whom they were written. We have all these things. So these things were handed down to us. These things were imparted to us. You know, and, and I, I think of this as my grandmother, you know, my grandmother was a preacher. <laughs> my mother was a very godly woman. My dad was a very godly person. And so what I have is been that handed down. Now, <clears throat> we do not believe that you get to heaven by osmosis. That is, if you rub shoulders next to somebody else and they're a Christian, you don't become one. (laughs) Just in case you wanted, you know. How are you going? Uh, My my mother went to church. (laughs) My father went to church. No, it it doesn't, it, it matters that they went to church and it matters that they were there. But you see, God has a rich heritage that comes to us not only in our family lineage, and we may be the first of our lineage. And guess what's going to happen? We are going to pass that on to our family. We're going to pass this on to our family. It begins with us. There was a lot made a few years ago about generational curses, you know, how that a curse was upon your family and upon this family. A blessing always overrides a curse. Amen. A blessing always overrides a curse. And the blood of Jesus Christ can extinguish, can push aside, cover up, wash away every sin, every evil, everything that has ever been tried to place upon us. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and the effects of sin. The effects. Now, we recognize that the weight of sin is something that we drag with us through life. And the effects of salvation is that we are free from those failings. And those failures are something that we learn from but are never remembered against us. So God 
doesn't remember anything against us, and all of this has come into our life. All of this good has been, you know, rolling, <laughs> coming forward into our lives. As a flood, I thought of the, you know, the Johnstown flood and how that the destruction of the waves and the upper part of the wave was out over the bottom part of the wave because of it being held up by all the debris and all that stuff and crashing and destroying. Well, in our life, we have the overpowering presence of the Holy Spirit that washes away sin and destroys barriers and sets us free. You see, this is the power of God at work in our lives and that it isn't how good I am that makes this happen, it's how great God is and how the great his power is in our life. And, and Paul is telling Timothy here, I have a precious memory of you. I mean, it was a tearful separation, but I have a precious memory of you. And every time I think of you, I pray for you. And that happens every day. Reminds us that when we are reminded of someone, we pray for them. We can even have our prayer lists. <laughs> um, my mom, how many was on her prayer list? She had 100 people, and she couldn't read. I mean, she couldn't see anymore. So she went through every night. She laid on her bed, and she started with and went through every person every night, over 100 names. Well, yeah, she would kneel by her bed or... When she wasn't able to get up anymore, she would lay in bed. And that, but she still never stopped praying for all those people every night. And so this is a type of heritage that we have to pass on to others, to pass on to our children and our neighbors and our grandchildren and whoever they may be, that we have this heritage that we pray for them. And our prayers, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous, has great influence you see, it isn't that we have the influence, God in us. He owns us. We've given him this place, and we are allowing his spirit to quicken our spirit to touch the lives of others by what we say, <laughs> by how we pray. And just God be with, God help, watch over, keep. God, you know the need. So that precious memory that triggers another, your honest faith, and which is a rich, with a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandmother. All right. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed. The special gift of ministry. Now, here we have what we would call, you know, for us in our denomination, an ordination service in which someone would feel or has... has pursued the call of ministry to go and serve as a pastor or a missionary, that they would come forward, they were after all their schooling and all the tests and, and, the, and the interviews and everything, come to the final part where they would stand before a congregation and before the presbytery of, the, of our denomination, and they would lay hands on them and confer a stole upon them that they would now be officially ordained into the ministry. And it was in that type of, in that setting, somewhat like that, that Timothy had received this calling from Paul. And this transference, as it were, of this is opening up the gift that has been, be, that has been bestowed upon you. And I, I think of it in the, th in the context that 
God had called him to this ministry. God had called Timothy to do this, to be this. And that whenever Paul was praying for him, he was initiating and stirring up and bestowing upon him what God had already laid in his heart. That he had this place of service that Timothy wanted to be, that God wanted him to be, and it was bestowed upon him. And Paul's telling him, and, and this special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed, keep that ablaze. <laughs> keep that ablaze. Do not allow what God has given to you to die out. Keep it ablaze. It's like embers, coals, hot coals. You know, if you don't put fresh wood, new wood on that, and stir it up, it will die out. It'll burn itself out. But whenever you keep putting new wood, new combustibles on top of that, it it continues to, the flame continues. And in our life, there is this blaze of God's Spirit There is this initiation of what God, continual initiation of what God wants to do every day. It's renewed every day. Every day God's call upon our life is renewed. It is a sense of direction. It is a sense of where we are going and knowing that God is at work and how that he confirms this over and over and over again. How that God is at work and he begins by touching our spirit, down in our heart. God places truths, and he places nuggets, and he places direction, and he places things in our life. And then we pray about them. We pray over them. And then we allow God to just move upon us, and we begin to go in that direction and see how God is going to take us down this path that he has for us. How God is going to lead us. And we remember last week that the light that God shines upon our path may be only enough light to take one step. But isn't that all we need? Light enough on our path to know where we are stepping. (laughs) If Sheila were here, we'd tell her, don't step on cats. (laughs) (laughs) that's how she broke her leg get them cats out of the way like to see the path there's a cat on my path (laughs) you know so we want the light to be able to shine upon our path david in el salvador he was walking down a path and he happened to be talking to me on the radio on his cell phone and it's crazy In in el salvador you can be out in the most desolate place where very few people even there's no electricity and, you know, there's very few people have vehicles, and he's talking to us on the, cell to- on the cell phone, you know. And he's talking about, and all of a sudden, I hear him, oh, 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 oh. And I said, whoa, okay, what happened? Did you fall off a cliff? What happened? David, David, don't hear anything. He says, oh, it's okay now. I said, what happened? There was this, really, it's the most poisonous snake in Central America was on the path and almost stepped on it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know. But God has enough light to shine upon our path for our next step. He saw it, <laughs> and he wasn't hurt. So we see these things that, that, that we are to keep them ablaze. And then God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts. God doesn't want us to be shy about what he has given to us. 
Now, you know, I don't like to brag, but <laughs> you see what I think? I don't like to draw attention to myself. I don't like to use, I always used to think of it in the context that there were spiritual people that, and, and this, is, this is a true story, because that farmer was just illustrations, you know. I don't like to brag, but see, being shy and withholding, and it's like drawing attention to ourselves. And in reality, we are drawing attention to God. Drawing attention to God for what he has done, what he has given to us. And there was a time that, for, for me, there was a time in which there were people who were supposedly set themselves up as very spiritual people, and they talked a very spiritual talk, and they made everybody else feel inferior to them because of how spiritual they were. And I refused to use their language. I refused to talk the way that they did and use those spiritual terms the way they did because I felt it was so phony because I felt they were phony. And they were. <laughs> but the truth of who we are our language should re reflect it. And that we should not say what we don't mean. We should say what we mean and mean what we say. That we should compliment, we should compliment, we should compliment, we should compliment. We should build with our words. We should build with our spirit and with our presence. We should be, we should be the greatest encouragers on the block. <laughs> you know, Whenever somebody sees us coming, they go, oh my, another word of encouragement. I can't take it. <laughs> you know? No, we should, we should be the biggest encouragers. We can do this. You know, we can work this out. There is a plan. There is a pattern. There is a path. There is a way that God is going to work in this. And it's not the spiritualizing everything. It is the everyday reality of dealing with the hard realities of life. And knowing that God is there to keep you, protect you, see you through these most difficult times. <laughs> and that has been the source of strength that I have for. <laughs> All the people that I serve. Never thought of it this way. <laughs> that um, it takes a lot of God to be with dying people every day. <laughs> it takes a lot to be able to stand there and hold their hand and tell them it's going to be okay when you die. <laughs> it takes that knowing that God is there and that they are safe here and they will be safe over there. You see, it's not about talking about how we're going to make it happen. It's how that God is going to make it happen in us, in what we do and what we say. Because it's God's Spirit that makes the difference, not our words and it's not how we say it. It's the anointing behind our words. It's the anointing behind what God is putting in your hearts. 
It's the anointing behind that still small voice that says that it's going to be good for me and my life and my household. It's going to be good. And then we need to see how God is going to make that good come to a reality. How that God is going to comfort those who mourn. How that God is going to give them strength to go through the most difficult thing they will ever face in their life. How that God is going to be there to be that strength, that undergird, that help, that power to become what needs to be in the face of great loss. See, that's God at work. And that's God at work within the dreams that he places in our hearts and our minds. And we keep that ablaze and we're not to be shy with the gifts. We're not to be shy with the promises that are in our hearts. We're not to be shy about what God wants to bestow upon someone's life by giving a compliment, by giving a word of encouragement, by saying, you know what? God can make all this work together. God can cause all this to fit into place. We just need to every day. I wrote this in the letter about giving. Every day, thank God for what he has given us. And that in that place of thanksgiving, we are looking to God for his provision. Not how I'm going to make it work, but how God is going to make it work. And Paul says here to Timothy, God doesn't want us to be shy, but be bold and loving and sensible. <laughs> that's, that's an odd combination. Bold, loving, and sensible. Most people can be bold, and a lot of people can be loving, and very few can be sensible. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Common sense is an oxymoron. It's not common, and many, there's no sense in it, you know? And so we find that God is that combination of what God wants to bestow upon us is the combination of his word, the combination of his word coming together with life and with problems, with difficulties that are bigger than life, and that there can be a sense about it that I don't understand, but I trust him and I know that God can help, God can provide, God will empower. That's the sensible power of the Spirit that speaks to our hearts in a way that challenges us to motivate us to go on, to give us the strength to take our next step on the path that he is shining his light on. And I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds today. I know who holds my hand. I know where I am at, and I know that God is with me and that he will see me through. Peter, I write this to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Stir up your pure, your pure minds that we focus on keeping our minds and our hearts pure before God. That we're asking God to set a hedge about our thoughts and about what we see and what we allow ourselves to see and about the things that would give us that quickening in our spirit that says don't go there, don't do that, and don't listen to that or don't look at that. That God is telling us to keep our minds pure and our hearts pure because it's in that place of purity that he just resides there. 
we're forgiven, we're at home with him, and we're safe. So stir up the gift. Stir it up as fire on embers of fire underneath a piece of wood. If you want to know what that's like, come sometime that the furnace is out downstairs and we'll show you. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a hard coal stoker and sometimes it's a hard coal stoker to light. So, and so whenever we are looking at this and troubles come our way, troubles, difficulties, obstacles, speed bumps, (laughs) whatever you want to call them when they come, there's a purpose. There is a purpose. Oh, the devil did. It doesn't matter if it's the devil or the weather or it's the neighbor or whatever it is. God is still the solution. You see, we have the solution to every difficulty. It doesn't matter who originates it. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It matters only that God is the one who's going to solve it. And my relationship with God is what he's going to stir in my heart. He is going to resolve or solve or give us the strength to go through through it, around it, or over it. It's going to be done. And he is going to give us that. And so when these problems come... He's stirring, stirring up what's inside of us. He's stirring. And we can never pray for God to change something or someone else without first asking, is there something that I need to change in me? What do I have to change? We're not talking about compromise. What do I have to compromise to get this? No. What do I have to change in my viewpoint, how I see things, how I believe? What do I have to change? What revelation does God want to bring to my mind and my heart and my spirit? What revelation does he want to break upon my spirit, upon my heart, about this trouble, this difficulty, this person? You see, if I do not, if I am not caught up in destroying the person or belittling the situation or avoiding the situation, I will look for solutions and be at peace as I deal with them because it is his peace that enables me to face the difficulty. It is his peace that enables me. I am at peace. Jesus, you know, above all else, Peace I leave you, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. This peace is there to quiet our hearts, quiet our spirits, and quiet our mouth. (laughs) So that we're not grumbling and complaining. Stir it up. It means all of the gifts and the graces of God. All of the gifts and the graces of God. You know, most of the time we think of uh, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, forbearance, long-suffering. We think of those things being in there, and they are. But we also know that God has given us uh, apostles and prophets and teachers and miracle workers and healers and helpers and organizers and those who pray in tongues. And he has also given us the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, the workings of miracles, the prophecy, the discerning of spirits and diverse kinds of tongues, which is wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, 
healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamations, being able to distinguish between good and evil. (laughs) These are all in the pot. And we can say we've got them, but the real, dif- the real, I won't say difficulty, the real initiative is how do we use them? How do we use them? And you see, the problem that comes to us, the difficulty that comes to us, the person, the situation, the government, the, the crazy person at the traffic light, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that comes in there is stirring something that we have an answer for that need and that person that comes with a very heart-wrenching, most difficult time in their life experience. And wise, wise, wise counsel is not what you heard or think. It's what is triggered in the heart of God that flows to your heart, to their heart, and comes out of the pot. (laughs) See, it doesn't originate with you. It originates with God. It doesn't originate with our thoughts. It originates in the heart of God and is stirred. The need stirs the pot that brings to the surface the wise the understanding, the compassionate, the person who can heal a broken heart or a broken spirit, a person who wants to quit, a person who is full of themselves and can do it all, that that situation can stir the pot and that it isn't left to our thinking or to our understanding. It is left to the heart of God that stirs the the pot of the gifts that he has inside of us that brings to the surface what we need and we give it to someone else. We give, we serve it, we serve up the platter of the gift and it is theirs to take or leave behind but it is God who has brought that to the surface. And it is God who is stirring that in each of our lives. That we all have that ability. We all have that pot. But you know what? We cover it up. <laughs> we don't want it to get too cold. <laughs> you, know, you know, we don't want it to get too cold too quick and, you know, freeze up. But the stirring of the embers of the power of God and the love of God to touch our lives in a way that will make a difference. Make a difference now and for eternity And God is going to use each one of us because he's called us. We are his children. He has already put it in there. It's already in there. It's almost like prego. (laughs) It's in there. (laughs) And, you know, and, uh, you know, I, you know, it's in there, that bam, that, that cook, bam, you know. So here we are. God has a bam moment for us. And it's there. It's inside of us. And God is bringing it to the surface to use. Amen? Stir up the gifts. <laughs> Stir up. You see, it isn't us standing there with the thing stirring it. It's all the events of life that come along that stir it up. 
And we have to always keep our peace and allow the presence of God to bring to the surface what we need to give. Not what we need to tell. Not how we need to direct them, (laughs) come this way. How that God, who is the good shepherd, leads us each step of the way. Amen? Shall we stand? Another part that I was going to use, and, but we are all familiar with it, the story of the talents, the five, the three, and the one, and how that the wise servants who had five used them, doubled them. The one who had three used them, doubled them. But the one who had one hid it. Do not be shy with your talents hid and his excuse was he blamed the giver for being a harsh person (laughs) and when we take up the aspect of blaming and grumbling and complaining we are hiding what God wants to do don't hide don't blame but allow ourselves to be open to be receptive that God is going to take what we are using and double it and double it. God's in the multiplication business. He multiplies and multiplies. He gives and he gives and he gives again. Father, we thank you that inside of each one of us are numerous blessings and gifts and possibilities and potentials and Everything that is available in your kingdom, O God, lies in the spirit of each one of us that we're capable of touching the world through you, through our prayer, through our gifts. We pray, Lord, that you will help us not to hide from what you've given us, but to be open, to be receptive to feel your spirit touching our spirit, that we are totally incapable on our own, but we are more than enough in you. So we ask you, Father, to bless us, that we might be blessings, to stir our hearts with all the different difficulties and let us be at peace to bring forth the answer that originates in your heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. That's it. Time to eat.